0: This is episode number 49, Coping with Stress and Anxiety, with Erica Howard. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you. To help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before I introduce today's guest, I'd like to answer a few questions regarding our upcoming conference on February 23rd called Survive to Thrive. This is a conference where you'll get a chance to connect with hundreds of people who are going through a similar transformation that you are. A conference where you'll get a chance to hear from speakers. From all over the country, including Leslie Johnson, Jeanette Yoff, Mark Guy, Khalif Price, Michelle Madrid-Branch, and many others. For more information, please go to overcomingodds.today forward slash survive to thrive. Now, let's get back to our guest. Are you aware of the triggers that cause your stress or anxiety? She said, It was in my master's program that I became aware of my triggers. You have to be aware of what causes your stress, your pressure, and your anxiety. Self-awareness or self-reflection, a process that is easier said than done. A process that allows us to take a step back and reflect on our life, behavior, and beliefs. What do you do to practice daily self-reflection? Without further ado, please welcome Erica Howard. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Ads Podcast. Today's guest is someone who I have met recently through one of our social media platforms. And after speaking with her for a little while, I wanted to get to know more about her story and share it with the rest of you. So without further ado, please welcome Erica Howard. Erica Thank you so much for being a guest on our show.
1: Hey, what's going on?
0: (laughs) I appreciate you having you on our show and also learning about the city a little bit that I'm currently living in because, you know, just like you said, you're someone that has lived here for a while. So it's good to pick someone else's brain that knows things that I may not know. So I appreciate the added value that you have in this conversation.
1: Um, Oh, like, I appreciate you guys. You (laughs) guys. Truly amazing for what you are doing in the community globally. Like I support all of that, and so that's why I immediately was like, okay, let's go to Overcoming Odds. What can I do to help this? <sighs>
0: that's awesome. So, thank, thank
1: you. You you guys are awesome.
0: I appreciate it. What I wanted to do in the way that I want to start off this episode is I want to dive a little bit into your background and your story. So for those who aren't familiar exactly with who you are and the type of work that you're doing right now. Would you be willing to share a little bit about your background, your upbringing, and what type of role those two things have had in the profession or the projects that you are pursuing at this particular time?
1: Absolutely. I'll be more than happy to share it.
0: Where, um, I guess to start off, where, where where are you from and what kind of upbringing did you have with your okay. family? Okay.
1: So, Oleg, I actually was in foster care, and how I ended up in foster care is my biological mother was uh, a drug abuser, and upon her abusing those drugs, um, she got into a big altercation. The stories that I'm telling you are from the mouth of close family members Mm -hmm. uh, that know her. So, these are the things that I also found out from her. Um, I also had an order to instill all my records. uh, Prior to after that had happened, uh, I did that when I was like 18. And so um, my upbringing, as far as that goes, you know, my mother was a a drug abuser, pretty intense drug abuser. And then she had abandoned me with a neighbor. And I'm just kind of giving you the background of how I ended up in foster care. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, she left me with a neighbor more than two, two days, almost close to two days. And this neighbor finally called child welfare services and, um, they didn't know a baby's name. They didn't know anything like that, uh, what my name was. And so then they finally said, you know what we, you know, my, the neighbor that my mother dropped me off at, she didn't come back. They didn't know each other. I mean, it's just like, here's a baby. I need your help. So, um, I was dropped off at that neighbor's house. Then she, two days later, she contacted child welfare, child welfare system. Try saying that twice. Very Mm. bad. (laughs) So um, that happened. And then uh, I was placed in uh, custody. And then two years later, I got adopted by a family that lived about, uh, I'd say about six hours away from where I was actually adopted. I mean, I was actually born in, so I moved from the city that I lived in to another state, uh, another city in Texas. So, um, and then it was a transracial adoption. And uh, so, you know, those different dynamics and my upbringing was very, you know, the family that adopted me was very strict, but yet very, uh, uh, very out uh, outgoing you know a lot of different dynamics were required um and I had to kind of adapt to my different environments
0: wow could you speak a little bit more about translational adoption because I'm someone that has recently just had a chance to learn more about it but it it appears okay. that it's a subject that is oftentimes not discussed yeah and I guess within it and some of the audience that may be listening What are some of the challenges that you faced within it, and how did you overcome a lot of them?
1: Okay, so basically, transracial adoptions—it's—it's like a or interracial adoption, and it Mm -hmm. refers like the adoption of a different race of that the the like the adopted parents. So maybe you might have a family that is Caucasian, but they decide that they're going to you know adopt a family that is uh, from Russia. Or they have a family that is of a different actual race and ethnicity from them. And so they don't share the same um, genetics. Well, Mm -hmm. of course, the genetics, because it's not a kinship adoption. right? Uh, But it all, you know, they look different from the outside, the skin wise, you know, you could have um, a family that it's like an interracial adoption, Um, just basically from a different race, Um, you know. Transracial adoptions can be looked at different ways, but it's basically from what I have studied and did research on, it's families that are being adopted by a family of a different race.
0: Mm -hmm. And what were some of the challenges you faced during that journey?
1: So some of the things that I did struggle with, and I'm not, you know, to this day, I still struggle with it um, on a different level. foundation and a different level, I would say not knowing who I was. Um, The family that adopted me, they were very, you know, very open to uh, letting me kind of be myself. But at the same time, I wasn't around, um, you know, children that were my color or most of my family. Um, They were, I have a. my family is basically all different races, but the majority was of a different race,
0: mm-hmm. and so
1: I grew up struggling with my identity. Um, you know, I I only classified myself as one ethnicity, one race. That's it, and you know, I that's all I knew. So it was maybe an identity crisis per se um, that I went through because of the transracial adoption of my family.
0: And how do you I mean, how do you deal through something like that? Because one of the things that i'm noticing as we're doing more and more of this work is that the, i think the identity crisis happens all across human spectrum i don't yes. think it's only within those who've been adopted or in foster care but absolutely not you know it's it, it's one of those areas where i think people are seeking certain answers and oftentimes it takes them a lot longer and yes. so during that time period you you don't know what to look up to you don't know what Exactly, what's going on? You're lost. You're lost, exactly. And so, what do you? I mean, what do you do when you do feel like that and you do feel disconnected? Like, where do you turn to? Do you try? I I know for me, one of the things that has worked is trying to develop a community of people who can help you belong and help you understand that you are enough and you matter, and there's you're not alone. I think that's the most important one. Right. But is there anything else that has worked for you when you were facing those times that helped you maybe work through some of those challenges of of being alone and not feeling like you fit in in certain areas?
1: Right. Well, some of the things that actually helped me is I had a I had a baby book that I would always go to and I would always refer to for information and there was a point in time where my parents had to hide the book because I was always looking at it I was always wanting to know more who am I it's like a search for self basically you're always trying to um you know find out who you are it's an identity crisis it's a uh, one it's having to prove yourself to other people when you're only needing to prove it to yourself does that mm-hmm. make sense yeah absolutely so it you know it you know, one of the things that helped me was to, um, I would see people, I, I really didn't have any answers to be honest with you. I I'm not able to like tell you hands on what I did, but I always, um, I always basically, um, paired myself up with people that were my skin tone. You know, they have my hair, they have my skin tone. They, They, you know, walk. They talk like me. I would always kind of relate myself to them. So those are some of the things that I did, but I still didn't know per se who I was. But seeing people that were maybe biracial or had curly hair, or you know, that kind of helped me develop Mm -hmm. an identity. But then even more so, I would find out this person is, you know, per se quote unquote mixed, or you know, uh, having two or more races um of a net you know of a race and so I would say well wait I'm this color but they're this color but we look the same (sighs) so it it brought you know it brought kind of like that that eye raise to where it was like uh something's not right so it was it was a challenge it was a challenge to be able to kind of identify who I was Mm -hmm. growing up and it wasn't until I was 18 and I found out okay you know, after I got my order to instill all my records from the county courthouse that my adoption had took place in.
0: Very interesting. Now, are those some of the areas that you still struggle with?
1: Absolutely not. Um, I don't struggle in those areas. I would say more so of. Um, I recently did a DNA testing. Um, one of your 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 DNA testing sites. You know, you have 23andMe, Ancestry DNA, uh-huh. Gen- and um, DNA testing that kind of tell you you know what your ancestors are and everything like that. And so the area that I kind of um, it, it I wouldn't say I don't I would say I do not struggle with the same things that I did before. Mm.
0: I want to transition and dive into today's episode and that is coping with stress and anxiety. okay. And the way that I want to start this one off is with a question that I've been trying to figure out on my own as well as I think most of us are, and that is, how do you deal with stress during high-pressure situations? And are there any stories that come to your mind when you feel like you were under a lot of stress and under a lot of pressure? And if so, what did you do to help you overcome a lot of that?
1: Okay. So... I'm a very busy person (laughs) (laughs) that can be stressful. (laughs) That can be stressful. And, you know, sometimes just high pressure times, like when you, you have a schedule that you have to go on to and you have to follow it. And, you know, you just have things that you have to do, tasks, Mm -hmm. appointments. And so that can cause, that has caused me to be, um, have high pressure situations and, um, you know, there was a time where I wasn't even aware of it. And what, you know, what really helped me become aware of it is after I finished my master's program in clinical mental health counseling, Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I'm a mess. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, I am a mess. You know, you know, being a speak, being a motivational speaker, you're like, you know, be positive, go, you know, change the world. You can do this mental toughness, be different, you know, and you're not aware of those things, you know, your, your million dollar makers, um, your three, your three, three, three digit income, um, makers, you know, financial, your millionaires, they, you know, that can cause pressure on uh-huh. them. And I think sometimes that can be create an unawareness of it. And so some of those things that I've noticed, um, and that have actually happened was during those times where I had so much responsibilities to make sure this is done, this is done, you know, you have this to do and, you know, your everyday related things that you have to take care of and knowing what my boundaries were. And after the fact, um, when I had, I was in my, it was in my master's program. Um, I became aware of my triggers. Uh I have to be aware of what causes your stress your pressure your anxiety and um, just becoming aware and being okay it's okay to not be okay you (laughs) know what i mean i think that's
0: the biggest one yeah
1: it's it's like a cliche and you know it's okay to not be okay just being aware of it and and figuring out a way of really how to deal with it in a healthy way know what your triggers are um you know things that worked is just for me personally would be taking the time to reflect on what was causing me stress, setting myself boundaries, uh, self-care, you know, and what didn't work for me would be ignoring it and acting like I was perfect when I wasn't, you know what I mean? Being a people pleaser and working, being a motivational speaker, you're like, oh, I have to help this person, I have to do this. But you're missing the foundational thing of what are you doing for yourself? you know you're trying to do this for others but how can you do for yourself because you can't pour from an empty cup yeah. you know it's hard to pour from that and so just you know being aware of it and knowing my triggers kind of helped me develop those stress and high pressure situations um you know to to do be aware of it
0: mhm i think you're spot on with that because it it kind of goes back to everything i think the first step of almost any problem is recognizing that there is a problem to begin with. Absolutely. And I think if you don't know that there is a problem to begin with, well, that becomes a problem within a problem. <laughs> so, real yeah.
1: so going on, so you're like, whoa. I've, I've, <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. And it, the, the other thing that I guess I've learned over time is that it's depending on how big of a problem it is, sometimes it is hard. To be able to step back and just, I guess, analyze it and say, well, just because this is a problem, what can I do about it? Because yes. I mean, some problems could be as hard as financial, or let's say you're in a uh, five or six-year relationship and then all of a sudden it ended. Like those are not exactly That's the a
1: life change. That you're exactly. Doing. Your 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 ongoing um, daily responsibilities like change your life change. You have to now adapt to a different environment. Yes, and so that can cause instability within the anxiety, stress, depression, mm-hmm. suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, drug use. You know that can cause a lot of different things in a person. So a life change definitely can. I agree. Yeah.
0: When did that make sense to you as far as the environment playing a big role in who you become? Because I know that, as most of us know, it's I, I'm a firm believer that it, the environment is one of the most important things. It's if you want change, if you want any sort of improvement, you have to be able to not even necessarily change it, but more so understand how to adapt to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Was there a time in your mind that kind of made sense that, okay, if I just change my environment, then the chances of me becoming who I want to become are going to be that much higher? And I guess the environment is – that's something we have to define as well because I don't think it's necessarily just moving places, but I also think part of your environment are the people. Who do you surround yourself with? And and that's, I think, even the the harder decision most times than just signing a new lease at a new apartment or a new house or buying a new place, but being able to say no to people who are negatively impacting you. And are not helping you grow, and so how? When when did that make sense in your mind?
1: When I found out, uh, (laughs) what are you getting out of this? You know, Uh what? um, Not necessarily what are you getting out of this, but when I constantly found out, I was stressing out over something I could not control, Mm. And, and you know, being aware of the things that I was doing? You know, what was it causing me to stress out about? You know, there comes a point in time where we all have to reflect back on our lives and say, hey, is this really worth it? Um, What am I, why am I self-sabotaging myself to the point to where there's no end? You know, I'm, you're self hurting yourself. uh, You know, you're internalizing things. And it, and there was a, you know, it helped me to really be able to say, okay, let me step back. Evaluate myself, evaluate my relationships, evaluate my environments. Um, and when I'm saying environments, it could be your family, your uh-huh. friends, your co workers, your car. Um, you know, it could be anything. Something could trigger you for, you know, something could trigger you from your past or your present or maybe your future. Mm-hmm. So just being aware of those things that, you know, caused my stressful times, my pressure. Um, you know, those high anxiety times kind of helped me develop, you know, what am I, what, what, what are you, you know, what are you getting out of this?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, what is, is that the purpose?
1: Tr- yeah. What's the purpose? And, you know, just continuously working on myself, um, and knowing that I can't control what other people do. You know, you can, tr- you can only person that you really genuinely can't control in this world is yourself, mm-hmm. and you can have all kinds of relationships with people, friends, family, coworkers, loved ones, uh, dogs, cats, animals, pets, <laughs> all of that, you know. But when it really boils down to it, Oleg, the only person that you can really control is yourself, and you have to look through it through a lens of self-reflection. You have to look up through it through a person, uh, a self, uh, a personal. Um, thing and just take time to evaluate your life and and realize that you know your life is your responsibility Uh how you act to a certain situation can either hurt or help you
0: oh yeah you speak a lot about personal development and improving on a daily basis are there people that come to your mind that have had a huge impact on you are there books podcasts or anything like that that people should be aware of
1: Well, one of the podcasts, I'm actually doing it right now, (laughs) probably be listening to a lot of these, to be honest with you, uh, with overcoming odds. But I guess one I can say um, is, you know, those self-developed, those personal development ones, those ones that really help you. It used to be, um, you know, I've had mentors throughout my whole entire life and I've had people that have came and gone, um, situational people. Uh, foundational people, people who've kept me, uh, um, you know, accountable. Uh, you know, if you're the smartest person in your life, then if you're the smartest person in your circle, you are in the wrong circle. Mm. So, and if you're, if you're the, um, uh, if, if you are, if you are not in this, I don't like using weak, but if you're the most unaware person of certain situations that you're t- currently dealing with in, you know, that relationship, then you're in the you're in the best relationship, you have to grow. So, you know, uh, you know, just being, being that and knowing that, you know, uh, has helped me to really uh, be able to have mentors and and people that really have impacted my life in a positive way. And, you know, that's, that's um, family, friends, uh, people that really have impacted you know been there and, and i'm saying like to the most time where i didn't have anybody you know you can help the world oh but uh-huh. when it really falls down you're like oh <laughs> <laughs> all right so where are those people that i that i helped you know I
0: counted on yeah
1: yeah and so and that's why i said you know it really starts with ourselves. we have to really be able to be comfortable with being alone internally and externally and it's okay you know, some people are introverts and some people are extroverts, but, uh, definitely I'm grateful for those people who are stuck by me and continue to stick by me genuinely, not because they want something, but because they really, truly see something in me or they want, you know, they want the best for you, um, people that support.
0: hmm What do you do on a daily basis to kind of keep improving? I know you mentioned a lot of the tips, but, are there any practices that come to mind as far as doing different affirmations? Do you you meditate to calm yourself down? Do you, um, do you read what kind of books do you read? Because, you know, one of the things that I try to make a focus on, especially with this particular show is I, I do believe in the power of your story. And so Mm -hmm. I, I believe that everyone has a story to tell but I also believe that in order for us to grow, we have to be able to learn from each other, and Absolutely. figure out different tips and tricks and practices that work. And so, I'm I'm genuinely curious as as far as figuring out like what works for you on a daily basis. You know what what is your routine that is allowing you to get to the position that you are in today?
1: Well, in the morning, I when I first wake up, of course, I'm like. Tired <laughs> but
0: as I most really, of us are.
1: Literally like you're like, oh, okay. And I don't mind saying that, but I would I do like a meditation. I do an internal meditation. And whether that's um reading or if that's listening to music, um, you know, that helps me get my day started. Um, I always say this to myself, today is a new day, yesterday is gone, tomorrow's not here. All you can do is live for today. And so that kind of grounds me to knowing that, you know, the sun's going to go up and, you know, it's going to go down. Mm -hmm. The clock that you see on the wall, the minute hand, the second hand, um, do you know that it's a different time in a different state? You know, the different time zones. So what you're going through is just with you. And it's not a whole global thing. Um, You know, there are different perspectives is what I'm saying of our lives and you know just being aware of um of our own personal things but you know today is here yesterday is gone tomorrow's not here all I can do is live for today and mm-hmm. so I take station and then I get myself together and throughout the day I take time I take little little breaks. I take little um three minute breaks, 10 minute breaks just to ground myself in my environment mm-hmm. Um, because it sometimes, uh, you know, get so caught up with, I got to get here, I have to do this. Right. I have to, you know, restating those things, I get to do this, I get to do that, and not putting so much pressure on myself and my tasks and my responsibilities. They'll get done, and everything really works out for itself. But just being aware of those things. So, though, you know, reading and I do that. I also go to the gym uh-huh. and push by the time I get home at night, I do push-ups right before I go to bed. Um, of course I do my reading and my meditating again right before I go to bed. Um, just, I do a lot of grounding, I uh-huh. do a lot of techniques and a grounding coping skills. Sometimes I reflect in my um, journal from day in and day out throughout the day. And that helps me kind of just stay grounded so i do a lot of grounding
0: that's amazing final thought for today's episode and this is a question that i ask all of our guests and that is when the odds are completely against you what are some core fundamental principles that you always refer to
1: when the odds are against me what are some core fundamental principles that i do i realize that i'm not perfect and i do my best and sometimes mm-hmm. challenges, they will hurt me, and they will either help me. Um, but at the end of the day, look, I can only do my best. I can do, you know, whatever that my best looks like. You know, when the odds are against you, figure out a way to get through those odds. How do you overcome those odds? What do those odds look like? And, you know, realizing, hey, you're going to be challenged. It's okay. It's okay to be challenged. Um But really being able to know what those challenges are, developing yourself throughout those challenges, being aware of it and taking time for yourself. Don't get so caught up on doing things for others that you don't do for yourself. So that's kind of how the foundational principles that I use that kind of help me. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Where do people find you? How do people get in touch with your work? And what are some of the things that you have planned moving forward?
1: Well, I'm actually getting ready to become an author. Um, I'm revamping my business now that I've gotten my master's in clinical mental health counseling. Um, I'm revamping a lot of different things. If people want to contact me, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Uh, my name is Erica Howard, um, E-R-E-K-A-H-O-W-A-R-D. And I also <laughs> have a website. My website is www. MissEricaHoward.com and that's M S E R E K A Howard.com. I look forward to speaking to you guys soon. <laughs> so that's where they can reach me, Oleg. And I definitely want to thank you for taking the time to even hear my story. And um, you guys are amazing. Overcoming odds is awesome. awesome. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. <laughs>
0: Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our weekly newsletter so you can receive all of our latest episodes, featured stand-up and speak-up stories, and ways you can be involved with overcoming odds. Once again, thank you for listening, and we look forward to having you next week.